Our church finds its physical roots in April of 1894 when a group of 10 members formed the Marysville Reformed Baptist Church on the corner of McGloin and Fisher Avenue. Over the years, these churches were part of a preaching circuit comprised of a number of fellowships in Pennyac, Marysville, and Gibson, now known as Devon. For a time, they became the Olivet Reformed Baptist Church and soon after began extensive renovations including an education center and 16 classrooms and in 1954 provided the very first bus ministry in our conference's history, converting two milk trucks to provide transportation to church on Sundays. Because of the nearly identical doctrinal beliefs, the Methodists and Reformed Baptists merged in 1966 to become the Wesleyan Methodists. Two years later, when adding the Pilgrim Holiness Church to their organization, they officially became the Wesleyan Church in 1968. It was then that Olivet Wesleyan began its ministry under the umbrella of the Atlantic District of the Wesleyan Church and later became Crosspoint Church in 2009. As we celebrate 125 years of ministry in Crosspoint's storied history, we look ahead to another 125 years of ministry in the city of Fredericton. The future is bright and possibilities endless for more outreach and transformation through the power of God on the five acres of land on Cliff Street, future home to Crosspoint's continued legacy. Congratulations to all of you at Cross Point Church on your 125th anniversary of ministry in this community. Speaking on behalf of my dad, Reverend Norman Trafton, I would like to say that that would be his wish for you that you would continue on in this ministry. 125 years is something great to celebrate and he was here as your pastor for 10 of those years and actually retired from here, officially retired kept on preaching but officially retired from this church. And he and my mom often spoke about their ministry here, of the kindness and generosity of many of you people uh, to them while they were here, all the lovely gifts they would get at Christmas time, and all the lovely visits and wonderful meals they would have in your homes. And some of those people have gone on to glory now that were part of that, his ministry at the time, but he would want you to know that he would be very happy that you are still continuing on and his prayer for you would be here at this church to continue many more years right into the end with your ministry so that others would be one to the Lord. So congratulations again and God bless. 
Greetings, Cross Point Church. Just want to celebrate with you your 125th anniversary. That is incredible. We are celebrating all that you have done over these years and the way God has used you to win so many people to Jesus Christ and influence so many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are indeed transforming your community and that region for Jesus. And I could not be more excited to be able to bring greetings to you on behalf of me, Rosalie, Sarah, and Naomi, and our grandkids, Michael, Evelyn, Aaron, and Eli. Well, we served with you from 1987 to 1993. I was 26 years old when I became your lead pastor. I was way too young to be your lead pastor, that's for sure. But I learned so much in my time with you and grew in so many ways. I um, have to say that some of our most memorable and meaningful ministry moments occurred there at Cross Point with the people who were serving the Lord Christ with us during that time. We will always remember you with deep fondness in our hearts. We are grateful for all that you have done in our lives and how you have prepared us uh, to serve the Lord and doing what we're doing now. I'm grateful for each and every one of you who served in ministry with us during that time. I want you to know that we're also praying with you as you secure senior leadership this spring. I know that Pastor Mark uh, is sensing God's call and he and Liz will be a real asset to the ministry in Yarmouth. And uh, we're just delighted that God is leading and guiding them and God is leading and guiding you folks as you are serving. It's our prayer that the next 125 years, should Jesus tarry, be your most fruitful years of ministry. And so on behalf of Rosalie and I and our family, we want you to know that we love you. We're so grateful to God for who you are and all that you're doing in that region. I wish we could be there to celebrate your 125th anniversary in ministry. God bless you guys. We love you so much. During over four decades of ministerial service on the Atlantic District of the Wesleyan Church, I'm thankful that my journey and he led me to Cross Point at a very central phase, not only in ministry, but in our family life. That eight-year period highlighted many exciting events, some of which all-night prayer meetings, the Alpha courses, Country Sunday Sing, the amazing Easter productions that we did at that time, baptisms, conversions, and yes, a measure of church growth. Our family was blessed to observe high school and university graduations, as well as our daughter's wedding. My personal spiritual journey was enriched by many godly and goodly people who have impacted my life for good and certainly for God. I'm thankful for the meaningful and the many cherished memories of that time period and also of the wonderful friendships that I developed which are still an important part of my life today. I'm thrilled that my wife and I can not only congratulate you but can make reference to the fact that we had a tiny part to play in the rich and wonderful heritage of Cross Point Church. Thank you and God bless. Hey now, it's Pastor Tom here. Congratulations on this tremendous milestone in the history of the church. 125 years, that's a big deal. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege and opportunity being a very small part of that journey. May God bless you and may God continue to bless Cross Point. 
Hey, Crosspoint, welcome to beautiful Graham and Ann Island. And Gala and I want to congratulate you on your 125th anniversary. You are such an amazing church. You really, really, truly are. You hold such a special place in our hearts. Uh, we talk about you dearly all the time. We just cherish uh, the memories that we have of our time there with you. We miss you guys. Uh, we cheer you on all the time. We pray for you often. And uh, we just know that uh, God has great things uh, for your church, for Crosspoint to keep doing in the city of Fredericton and beyond and wherever God opens doors. Uh, we just think you're a special group of people. And uh, we're just so thankful that we had the, the opportunity to serve the Lord there with you. Uh, many of you remain, you know, wonderful friends of ours and you will be for life. For those of you who we haven't met, um, where were you when we were pastoring there? Anyhow, we're glad that you're there. Anyhow, congratulations, Crosspoint. Here's to uh, many, many more years of serving Christ and reaching people for Jesus in, uh, in the Fredericton area. God bless, take care, bye-bye. My husband, Connor, came to Olivet in 1953 at five years of age when his dad came to pastor here. It was that fall in a Junior Crusader meeting that he gave his heart to the Lord. He grew up right here in this church as a very annoying teenager. But as an adult, he grew to love the church and its people. During the next 30 years, his career was that of an educator and administrator, although he had held several positions here at Olivet. Some included Sunday school teacher, superintendent, youth leader, choir director, worship leader, lay pastor, and vice chair of the local board for four pastors. No one ever suggested, however, that he would be treasurer. Con knew nothing about money. It was during these years that he was in charge of volunteer labor during the building of this very sanctuary. One of the guys in the church said, when you saw Conard coming, how could you say no? He showed you the calendar for the next month and said, what days can you give us? Over 830 hours were donated while we built this. And I might add, I have his spreadsheet if the old guys would like to come over and see how many hours you worked. He was project manager in the last renovations 15 years ago here. Although he always wanted to be a pastor, he never felt called, as he would tell you, until he retired at the age of 53 and began diligently working toward ordination. When Pastor Tim Guptel came in 2007, he asked Khan to be assistant pastor in charge of pastoral care and missions. He loved every minute of this wonderful opportunity and was ordained in 2010 at the ripe old age of 62, one of the oldest in the history of the Atlantic District. In 2012, he and Pastor Mark began a two-year journey as co-lead pastors. However, he took ill only weeks into this time and passed away 16 months later. Connard embraced many changes if it meant getting people into the kingdom and bringing young families into the church. His last Sunday at church, just a month before his home going, he appeared in his wheelchair dressed totally in camouflage for the ducks, bucks, and truck Sunday. I may be a bit biased, but I think he was quite a, quite a guy and loved his church and the Lord. However, could be most annoying at times. He became rather a fixture here in the last 60 years. And as an aside, we were married right here 50 years ago next month. Hey everybody, Pastor Mark here and happy 125 years uh, to Crosspoint. And that's, that's a pretty huge number. That's 
That's almost as old as like Canada. That's it's pretty big. And uh, I've obviously been reflecting on the 15 years that I've been here just over these past few weeks and uh, was just thinking, I used to think that was a long time until I realized that means that there was a full 110 years of ministry being done in this place before I ever showed up as some kid out of Bible college who couldn't even grow a beard. And uh, I was thinking back to some of those early pastors who would have just been starting the church off and faithfully preaching the word and loving people well and and really just being faithful in their season to what God has called them to do and uh, what they would think if they were to show up in 2019 and look around and how stunned they would be. But I was also thinking about probably how incredible that would feel to know that the fruit of their labor from 125 years ago is still being carried out in Fredericton this this long. It, it's a pretty incredible thing. And really, isn't that the goal for all of us, that we would be a part of a church that outlives all of us, that we would be faithful in the season that God has given us, that we would preach the word and embody the word and love one another so that if we were to show up a hundred years later, this place is still rolling and God's work is still being done. And uh, so I, that is my prayer for the church. It's been a privilege and an honor to be a part of it for the season that I have been given. And uh, I'm excited to see what else God has in store for this church in the years to come. Well, yeah. Well, happy Quas Quai Centennial birthday, everybody. Uh, new word you learn every week, take it home, teach somebody. It is my uh, privilege to be here as your interim lead pastor. Those, uh, those last three individuals uh, that were celebrated there uh, made significant impact on my own ministry life, and so I'm very honored even just to stand here and speak to you for five or ten minutes, and I'm not going to preach, don't worry. Um, but what I want to do is talk a little bit about 125 years and what that means for the life of a church. And we're so glad that you guys are here to kind of party with us this weekend. Um, I want to talk to you for a moment before uh, we talk kind of the 125 years and how many people that represents as far as serving the church. I want to talk to you about a guilty pleasure of mine for a moment. Um, a few years ago, my sister-in-law, Angela, challenged me to uh, eating hot wings. Uh, she has been one who has just loved hot sauce over the years. And uh, many moons ago, about four or five years ago, I decided to challenge me a little bit. And so what I realized in that day was that hot sauce ended up becoming one of my favorite condiments. Like beyond ketchup and beyond all the other things, I loved hot sauce. And one of my favorite board games that I play with Jeff and Mark and Eric every now and then is called Scoville. Scoville is, a, is basically um, a measure of capsation in hot peppers, which is like, that's the hot ingredient that's in peppers. And so the Scoville scale goes from like 1,200 all the way to 3.2 million. Let me put this, uh, let me talk about this for a sec. Tabasco sauce, everyone you know, familiar with Tabasco a little bit, that is about 2,000 on the Scoville scale. Now, there are hot sauces now, myself and Pastor Dave and our intern Austin, we tried some of his collection of hot sauces this week. We tried one with Carolina Reaper peppers in it, and it has 2.2 million on the Scoville scale. So you can kind of see how it gets ramped up. Now, in my recent love of hot sauce, 
I've begun this guilty pleasure of watching this show on YouTube called Hot Ones. Anybody else watching Hot Ones? Hot Ones is simply uh, this guy named Sean Evans. Uh, he basically interviews celebrities. He has 10 questions for them, and he does his research. He really digs down deep and asks them some, like, some deep questions. But right before each question, they eat a hot wing. And as the questions get hotter, so do the hot sauces. And so we begin to see the, the crazy reactions. I don't know if you've got some slides there uh, for us, Harry, or not. But we get to be, see some of the reactions from some celebrities. Because these guys are eating stuff that is so hot. But here's the thing, and here's what makes these interviews so special. Is the hotter and hotter your wings get like the crazier you get, and your body just begins to do things. It really, the more vulnerable you become as these wings get hotter and hotter, the more humble and accessible you become to an interviewer when you've got snot running down your face from the heat, when you are just downing a liter of milk and it's just pouring all over your face to try to numb your lips, so you're the burning sensation in your mouth. You become pretty accessible and vulnerable when you're just dousing yourself with ice water just to keep these hot wings back. You become vulnerable, you become humble, and you become accessible. And so I wanted to look into God's Word as I was thinking about 125 years of ministry. Like how many people would it take for a church to survive that long, that takes a lot of people giving their time and their effort and their gifts and their abilities to the church. And when you give yourself to the church and serve the church, really you're doing so in, with a spirit of vulnerability and humility and accessibility. And so I want to look into Isaiah 6. I want to look at a hot sauce moment here for a moment in the call of Isaiah. And uh, so... Basically, God is looking for a spokesperson. He's looking for someone to speak to Judah and to Israel. And so he looks at Isaiah, and this is the call of Isaiah. This is what happens in Isaiah 6, starting at verse 1. It says, It was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And so there's a little bit of vulnerability here. In order for you to step into God's presence, there needs to be a little bit of vulnerability. Even the angels, the seraphim, which are like on the hierarchy of angels, like they're at the very top. The seraphim were even covering their eyes because if they looked upon the glory of God, who knows what would happen? They, even the angels had to cover their faces because of the power of the glory of God. And it says they also covered their feet, which is to say that even the angels are created beings. Even the angels had to humble themselves in front of Almighty God and the power of His presence and so Isaiah has this confrontation with this kind of uh, encounter with Jesus, with, with Almighty God. And it's this incredible thing that 
brings vulnerability to him. This is what happens in verse 4. Their, their voices shook the temple as they sang to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's army. So it takes a little bit of vulnerability to be in God's presence. But then it takes a little bit of humility to be in God's presence. And so we see a little bit of humility here in Isaiah. He's like, I don't even belong here. Like I am here and I'm in God's presence and I do not belong. He's fearing, he's literally fearing for his life. He's like, I'm about to die because of God's presence. And so he says, look, I'm not the guy. Like he just begins to kind of back away and like, like I'm, I'm a sinner. Like I just admit it. Like, you don't have to look, search my heart or anything. I'm just, I, that's, no. I am a sinner, and I, I even am living among a people with unclean lips. And so he begins to show humility in God's presence. And then finally, starting at verse 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim, seraphim flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, This coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Like this is the hot wing moment. Like his mouth is burning like crazy. And so in vulnerability and in humility, and of course here he makes himself accessible. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. When you get into God's presence, all of a sudden, you make yourself accessible to him. So just like uh, Sean Evans in his little interviews with these celebrities, you, you become vulnerable, you become humble, and you become accessible in God's presence. And so in this moment, in this kind of hot sauce moment in, in, in God's word, we see this great calling on this great major prophet. And what he does is that he enters into God's presence with vulnerability, humility, and accessibility. And those are the three things, I think, those are the kind of the three ingredients that has brought our church to 125 years of ministry. Because people have answered God's call with vulnerability, with humility, and accessibility. For many, many years, for that Many years, people have said yes to the call of God and said, here I am and send me in very different capacities, whether it's serving coffee or teaching Sunday school or, you know, taking up the offering or singing. There's so many different ways, but people have made themselves vulnerable and humble and accessible in order to answer God's call. And because of those people, and there's a ton of them in this room even today, that's what makes 125 years incredibly special. And don't, don't get me wrong, don't hear me incorrectly, I believe that it's Jesus that does all the transformative, all the powerful work in people's lives. He empowers people and he gives them gifts and abilities and able to serve in various capacities. And he deserves all credit, all glory, and all honor for anything that's ever happened in this building or the one on the corner of McGloin and Marshall, you know, 100 years ago or whatever it was. He deserves it all, but it's, it's the people who have made themselves vulnerable and humble and accessible to say yes to the call of God.